This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. This week, we're going to be going over the top games of Week 7, so stay tuned. everyone and welcome back to the franchise tech sports podcast i'm your host eric salas and this week we're going to be covering week seven Uh, we're going to go over the top games of the week um the giants game just ended a second ago giants falcons we're going to be covering that later on in the podcast but i've been trying to find ways to formulate this podcast so that it'll be easy for me to record and it's not much of a hassle for me to go over each and every game stats so we're going to be covering all the top games of the week some nail biters some close games and key takeaways from each game so we're just going to jump right into it uh let's start with Chargers Titans um, that game was an early morning game because uh, they were in London and um, you know what they say in the NFL that whatever game is in London anything could possibly happen so going into that game you know um, you have Melvin Gordon who was questionable the day before with a hamstring injury uh, coming into this game um, as a fantasy owner of him um, I kind of had to keep an eye out before 9 30 uh, to see who was available at the time, and I decided to stick with um, their other running back, Austin Eckler, for he was already getting um, a good amount of the work already, even with Melvin Gordon there. So, though they aren't split backs, um, I do see Austin Eckler um, being a back that can carry the low that Melvin Gordon would. Maybe not as much as he normally would, but getting somewhat of the same work. But we'll go over this game. The end score ended up being 2019. Um, Chargers taking the win in London. A very close game and a good way to start off week seven. But let's go over the Chargers offensive stat lines here. You got Phillip Rivers, uh, 19 for 26, 306 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, not too bad of a game by him. Uh, we'll go over Austin Eckler's day. Um, only 12 carries, 42 yards, not much going on on the ground there. Um, and then the receiving game, you got Tyra Williams coming back after week six having a Monster game with two touchdowns. Comes into this game with four receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, one of them was an early play in the game. I, th- I believe it was a 75-yard reception. Um, so my key takeaways for Tyrell Williams. Um, we kind of had this kind of usage last year, so this isn't much of a surprise to me coming into not the middle of the year, but kind of like the before part of the middle of the year where I guess uh, Philip Rivers is, tr- is just getting comfortable with him again. Um, Tyrell Williams was considered their number two um, and more considered their number one, especially when Keenan Allen was out um, the past couple years. Um, he's been battling back and forth with injuries. Last year, he actually completed the season um, with minor injuries. So we expected Keenan Allen to kind of blow up this year, especially getting comfortable last year. He had 10 receptions um, at least th- uh, for three games straight or somewhere close to that. Um, Keenan Allen's stat line was five receptions, 72 yards, no touchdowns. Um, I'm not sure if, when his breakout game is going to happen. It may not happen at all, but I'm fully expecting it. I'm also a fantasy owner of Keenan Allen also, and I thought stacking Keenan Allen and uh, Melvin Gordon would be kind of a win situation for me, um, kind of double-digit points for both of them. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, so you got seven points for Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams. I, I can kind of see more games happening like this, him having three or f- uh, five or s- three, four to five receptions um, per game now on, probably with high high yardage, maybe even reaching the end zone. But either way, um, if you're looking for a flex spot and you're not too sure, especially with the 
the bye weeks kind of catching up on us this week, especially there were, I believe, a couple teams on a bye. So definitely in fantasy, um, for fantasy owners, um, definitely keep an eye out on him, especially if you don't have anyone in your flex spot or you're looking for a wide receiver too. He's not the worst play. He's not the worst player to tor- uh, head towards. Uh, you got Mike Williams reaching the end zone on one reception, 55 yards. Um, not much going on from him. I expected his usage to, usage to go up, especially after the first couple of weeks. He seemed like he was reaching the end zone with a couple of receptions, and he was kind of stepping up from that role that he was in last year because he was also injured. and he's, He was also, I believe, the seventh pick in his draft class. So, I don't know. He's kind of iffy to me. I feel like from now on, Tyra Williams is the safer pick, especially in fantasy. You got Austin Eckler uh, getting involved in the passing game. You got five receptions. Uh, and for 26 yards, um, so not the best game by him. I expected much, much more. But again, they were in London. Um, it was kind of a last-minute thing that Melvin Gordon wasn't going to play. Um, so not many surprises there. Uh, let's take a look at the Titans' offensive stat lines. You got 24 completions, 32 attempts, 237 yards to the air, one touchdown and interception by Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota kind of having a down year. Um, to me, I, I, I think I'm, I'm a big believer in Marcus Mariota. Um, I definitely think he's athletic enough. They made the playoffs last year by the skin of their teeth, but I definitely saw some promise coming into this season. He did start off the season with some injuries, unfortunately, um, which headed towards Blaine Gabbert starting some games, um, but uh, hopefully he can get back on track. Uh, we'll take a look at their rushing um, rushing stats here. Their, their backfield I expected to be – much more of a help to Marcus Mariota for they have Deion Lewis who can get involved in the passing game and I thought Derrick Henry was kind of going to be that you know third down back who was just going to bruise and head towards the end zone he did reach the end zone in this game for 12 carries 33 yards um but but again not the best game uh, people are were expecting Derrick Henry this year especially after that playoff loss last year to the Patriots after he had like 21 carries or something and now he's not even getting even close to getting 20 carries. He's he's even splitting the carries with Deion Lewis almost evenly. He had 13 carries, 91 yards. So it's kind of hard to tell who is the number one guy back there. It seems to me that they're kind of turning to Deion Lewis. Not sure what that says about Derrick Henry, especially when they're um, preparing for these type of games. Um, so who knows what's going on back there. And then uh, let's take a look at the receiving here. You got Tajay Sharp, seven receptions, 101 yards. Um, pretty good game by him, a lot of targets. I'm not sure what that says for his fantasy outlook, but I wouldn't head towards him just yet. I'd give him some space and see where he goes in the, from now on and what direction he'll head towards in the receiving game. You got Deion Lewis, six receptions, 64 yards. His fantasy day and his fantasy outlook looks pretty good, but again, it doesn't look pretty good uh, from you know the actual watching the game in the NFL type status because their backfield is just a mess and who knows where Derrick Henry's headed after this who knows if he's going to get more involved in that running game uh you got John New Smith two receptions 11 yards same with Luke Stalker um Corey Davis three receptions 10 yards um I expected him to get more involved in the passing game this year also um but I guess not he was again he was a first round pick I believe he was the fourth round pick in that same draft class as Mike Williams and um, I don't know. I, I expect him to be more of that number one. I don't think he even got his first touchdown last year until he reached the playoffs versus the Patriots. And uh, that just goes to show you that they're not really looking for him in the passing game. Um, you could definitely see how much this hurts the Titans by losing Richard Matthews. I feel like if he wasn't that number two guy, he was more of their number one guy. That's how I saw him, especially when he was on this offense. So... 
I'm not sure what that says for the Titans. I don't see the Titans doing so well moving forward. And I definitely expected the Chargers to do better. They definitely have a better defense. Um, Titans, um, not to say that they don't have a good defense. They actually look pretty solid up to up to the last couple weeks. They didn't look too bad. Uh, their defense can definitely hold themselves up a little bit with their broken offense. You got Joey Bosa coming back, I believe, soon. Um, so, And their defense not being as bad um, as they should, especially losing their best player like the, uh, Joey Bosa. So if he comes back, their schedule looks a little difficult moving forward, but I feel like they can hang on if they need to. Um, they may even go on a winning streak from here on out. But we can move on to the next game. It was a close game up to the very end. If I'm not wrong, I do believe that at the very end, um, the Titans tried going for two points, tried to go for the win. Mike Vabrell put trust in their guys to try to head out the win. I feel like it was a must win for them, so they were just kind of going to go for it there. I do not blame them in any sense, but I feel like if you are if you have like a 3-4 and four record, you're kind of in the middle of a pack in that that uh, division that they're in, then you kind of got to just go for the extra point and go to go to uh, uh, go to overtime and just kind of work your offense there. So who knows how the game would have ended if they just kicked it, um, but they tried going the win, didn't help them at all. So we'll move on to the next game here. We got Panthers Eagles, um, very slow game, definitely going into halftime. Not much was going on there. I'm also a Cam Newton owner. Um, I traded for him about a couple weeks ago. So he was having a pretty quiet game going into the half, um, but he kind of turned it up by halftime. He had 25 completions, 39 attempts, 269 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Most of that came in late in the game when they needed to catch up and put some points on the board. I believe at one point the Eagles were winning already by 17, and they just couldn't do much else later on. Um, The Eagles didn't put up any points in the fourth quarter, and they only put up um, a touchdown in the third. So most of their... Uh, damage came from the first two quarters. Again, it was quiet for uh, the Carolina. Uh, but the Eagles, um, my mistake, it was actually 10-0 by halftime, and then they just put up one touchdown in the third. And Panthers kind of just put in all the work later on in the fourth quarter. So who knows what's going on with this Eagles team, the defending champions. But um, it doesn't come as a surprise to me, you know, coming down from that Super Bowl high that they were on. Um, you know, Carson Wentz still getting um, – you know, used to the offense again after coming off one of the best seasons um, seen by a quarterback in a long time, especially a very young quarterback. So uh, who knows that that NFC East division isn't looking too great right now. Um, so it's honestly it's up for grabs. Um, maybe not not so much so for the Giants, especially where they're at. Um, you know, but we'll talk about them later. Like I said a second ago, but we'll take a look at the rushing here. Um, you got. Cam Newton using his legs as usual. Not a surprise. Seven carries, 49 yards. You got Christian McCaffrey, seven carries, 29 yards. And that's about it for their rushing game here. Christian McCaffrey, um, his issue coming into the league was not being – he wasn't supposed to be, you know, the back that was supposed to be the bruiser. Wasn't supposed to get 21 carries a game and a couple passes – um, he always he was always going to come in as one of that one of those fast scat back type guys who's also really tough, and um, that just goes to show if the Panthers aren't going to have a bruising back, um, they're going to have to split that. As if Cam is going to be that bruising back, being the quarterback, and then Christian McCaffrey is just going to keep catching balls um, coming out of the backfield. So 
Um, who knows what their outlook is moving forward. I definitely thought C.J. Anderson was going to be that guy. Um, unfortunately, he is not. I believe he's injured right now if he isn't in this game, but um, I'm not too sure. I didn't look into it that much. All right, so let's take a look at the receiving here. You got Devin Funches, six receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely put them on the board to help them secure the victory. You got Torrey Smith, four receptions, 61 yards. Christian McCaffrey, six receptions, 51 yards. Jarius Wright, two receptions, 37 yards. DJ Moore, three receptions, 29 yards. I believe they're key if the if Carolina's going to move forward, they got to get DJ Moore involved in that offense more. He's definitely a talented receiver. He could be just as good as Devin Funches. I firmly believe that. I definitely think Devin Funches um, is, a da- is a talented receiver. Um, I wouldn't say he's underrated or overrated in any sense. I believe he's right in the middle. And he's definitely a, he's definitely a serviceable receiver, but I believe DJ Moore could be much more than that. I believe he could be their truest number one receiver if they use him to the best of his ability. Um, then you got Greg Olson, two receptions, five yards, reaching the end zone. Um, I'm not sure what that says for fantasy owners, especially coming off his injury, what his outlook will look, what his outlook will be like moving forward. Um, again, two receptions, five yards. Um, other than that touchdown, his day is not looking so great, and I wouldn't even have a point in fantasy if that were the case. Um, if they get him more involved, um, you know, he's still kind of holding on to that injury a little bit. Uh, eventually, he's probably going to need surgery from what I'm hearing. So, you know, he's going to be lugging, lugging around that injury. But again, as tight as the, you know, position is at tight end, for fantasy owners, um, if you're going to go with Greg Olson, you kind of have to start him. So that's his case there. And, um, yeah, again, uh, the, the story of this game is that, you know, the Eagles defense isn't what it once was. Um, you know, if they were going to have, you know, double-digit points by half and also by the third quarter, um, you know, it, that that's pretty ridiculous how – you know, they can give 21 points up in just one quarter to lose the game when you're up by that much. Definitely frustrating for Philadelphia Eagles fans. Um, hopefully they can get it together a little bit. Again, that NFC East division is up for grabs. Um, if more likely than not, the Eagles will come out first place in that division. Um, so I believe that's nothing to worry about coming out of the division, but it will be a worry and a concern moving forward um, outside heading to the playoffs. Uh, let's move on here. Well, let's take a look at the Browns and Buccaneers. Won't spend too much time here just because of the ending. It was pretty devastating. Um, it ended uh, 26-23. Buccaneers taking the win. Another good effort by the Browns. Close, but no cigar. But let's take a look at the Browns offense here. Um, by the way, um, before I get into that, I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, C- Carlos Hyde wasn't involved in this game, mostly because he was traded to Jacksonville for a fifth-round pick. So that means uh, they unleashed Nick Chubb, the second-round pick, uh, coming out of Georgia, um, a guy who ha- is very promising. A lot of people who considered him probably to be the number one back. Um, Carlos Hyde, again, is one of those guys that um, Hugh Jackson trusts just because he's one of those older vet guys um, who can get the job done. Um, uh, to me, it seems like... Uh, Jacksonville needed a needed a running back. Uh, Leonard Fournette is out, and the Browns will take those picks. They they're definitely confident in Nick Chubb. They definitely like him. Um, a couple weeks ago, he had three t- three carries and three touchdowns on three touchdowns on all three of those carries. So he's definitely a bruising back. That guy is definitely fast. He can you know he's versatile, very talented. But before we get into their rushing game here, let's start with ba- let's start with Baker Mayfield. Um, having a pretty decent game, 23 uh, completions, 34 attempts, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you got to, you know, 
Browns are Browns are getting through tougher and tougher games. They're headed into overtime. I believe they've headed into overtime more times than any other any other uh, team in the NFL this year. I believe in the history in the NFL also. I think this is their fifth, uh, fourth or fifth time heading into overtime, um, and that that surpasses the uh, the Packers the year they went into overtime that many times. So they're definitely putting up some games where they have the opportunities to win, just not coming close. But again, coming off coming off after a year of not winning one game, heading into overtime um, definitely shows that this team has potential of winning. They just got to get it together. Um, single with their rushing game here. Uh, Nick Chubb finally being unleashed, 18 carries, 80 yards, one touchdown. His day could look a lot more, um, you know, exciting um, if they've been using him up to this point. I definitely think the more you put the rookie out there along with his rookie uh, quarterback, um, those two are just going to click and those two are just going to find ways to score and um, get their team opportunities to win. So I believe the Browns' key is definitely Nick Chubb. Get him the ball, you know, get him those touches, and he'll produce. Um, so the Browns just need to know that, and um, they'll be just fine. Let's take a look at their receiving here. Uh, you got Jarvis Landry, 10 receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. You got uh, David Njoku, uh, four receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely, like I said before, since the tight end position is pretty tough at the moment, um, if David Njoku is on your waivers, I believe, uh, try picking him up for sure. I think I'm going to um, as soon as this episode is over. Um, for I have Kyle Rudolph, and though he seems like a tight end one week in and week in and week out, uh, the Vikings are always looking at, um, you know, Stefan Diggs and uh, Adam Thielen with the games they're having week in and week out. So um, you know, since the again, since the tight end position is not looking so great at the moment, if you can get Njoku on your team, I suggest doing so. He has a lot of chances of getting into the end zone, especially with the relationship that he has with Baker Mayfield. There's a good chance that he does extremely well. Uh, you got Duke Johnson getting involved in the passing game out of the backfield. He got four receptions, 23 yards. Um, Antonio Callaway not doing much with the ball, one reception, 14 yards. I definitely think if they spread the ball out a lot more, and if Antonio Callaway can kept, can you know keep the ball in his hands and you know gain some yardage, I definitely think that'll open up the uh, the scoring game, um, especially in the red zone. But let's move on to the Bucks. Uh, you got Jameis Winston. Um, not having the greatest game in the world, um, but again, he's coming off that two-game suspension and having a four-touchdown game the week before. I expected um, somewhat of a decent game from him, um, but he had just as much of a Jameis game as Jameis would have. Um, he had 32 completions, uh, 52 attempts, 365 yards through the air, uh, no touchdowns, and two interceptions, and I think he had a rushing touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. He had 10 carries, 55 yards, and also reaching the end zone. And you got Peyton Barber, um, 11 carries, 30 yards. Um, this is a tricky backfield because then you have Ronald Jones, 6 carries, 13 yards, reaching the end zone. And then you have Deshaun Jackson um, kind of doing a, um, I believe it was an end-around play. He had 2 carries, um, 8 yards, and a touchdown. Let's take a look at the receiving game here. You have Mike Evans, 7 receptions, 107 yards, no touchdowns. And um, don't believe what anyone says that Mike Evans doesn't become a number one receiver when Jameis is around. Believe me, um, I've had him as a fantasy owner uh, two years ago, and when Jameis was actually having a decent season and when the Bucks were looking up in their division, I believe they were in, like, in the mix of second and third place. I definitely think uh, Mike Evans um, will have some progress moving forward, especially in that wide receiver position. 
um, even if Ryan Fitzpatrick is not throwing to him. You got O.J. Howard, five receptions, 67 yards. He's getting more involved in this offense. I definitely expected Cameron Brait to get more involved, especially um, since Jameis prefers him over O.J., um, I definitely didn't think when OJ came to the league that he was going to have the amount of usage that he would because Cameron Brate was coming off a pretty decent year. Um, but in this case, I guess OJ Howard is moving up in the offense. Keep an eye out for him. Got uh, Chris Godwin, five receptions, 59 yards. Um, and then uh, Jameis does love Adam Humphreys a lot. He had four receptions, 37 yards. He's definitely one of those good uh, slot guys that can help out a little bit in the passing game. And then Deshaun Jackson kind of regressing from his first couple games um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick um, playing at quarterback. He had two receptions for 25 yards. And uh, key takeaways from this game was that it was a hard-fought battle for both teams, definitely. Um, I definitely thought the Browns had this game um, in the palm of their hands, especially in overtime. Unfortunately, the game ended with a missed field goal um, that could have tied the game but unfortunately ending with a Tampa Bay win. Now let's jump into one of my favorite games of this week, which was the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears. Um, the keys coming into this game was the New England Patriots' high-powered offense, especially with their backfield um, progressing um, in a big way, opening up their offense in the biggest way possible, looking like one of the best running back um backfields in the league and then you got the Bears coming into this game um, coming off of a loss to the Dolphins so definitely needing a win here and uh, their defense has been looking phenomenal um, especially over the past um, couple weeks um, but unfortunately this game ended um, in a loss to the Bears uh, 38 to 31 was the final score but let's take a look at the Patriots um, offensive stat line here um, you got Tom Brady, 25 completions, 36 attempts. Excuse me, on 277 yards to the air, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, in their uh, running back uh, game here, let's take a look. They're rushing. Yeah, James White, 11 carries, 40 yards. He kind of had to pick up the pace a little bit after Sonny Michelle left the game after a fumble, um, causing a knee injury. A report came out today that Sonny Michelle did not have structural damage in his knee after an MRI, which is a good sign for the Patriots, but um, who knows the, how much how long they'll hold him out for. He's definitely a good piece of their offense that changes the pace in a major way. You got James White and Sonny Michelle putting in work um, regardless. James White isn't between the tackles running back, but they've used him before in that sense but you got uh Kenyon Barner um 10 carries 36 yards um expect him to get more work in the backfield neither running backs are more or suited as much as Sonny Michelle is to go between the tackles so expect a running back signing sooner or later from what I've heard um I believe that they'll be just fine but uh again James White they definitely want to keep using him in the passing game he had two receiving TDs um but we'll take a look at the receiving game. Speaking of him, yeah, reaching the uh, the end zone with two receptions. Um, he had uh, eight receptions total for 57 yards. Um, so expect his game to be amplified a lot more with the absence of Sony Michelle. You got Josh Gordon, four receptions, reaching 100 yards. Uh, one of those receptions were for a 55 yard 55 yard game gain at the end of the game. Um, they're definitely building a lot more trust over there with Josh Gordon. Hopefully in the later future, he'll have one of those eight reception games for a massive amount of yards reaching the end zone. 
that game is coming, whether you like it or not. Uh, Tom Brady's going to get them the get on the ball regardless. So if you're kind of stashing him away right now um, in fantasy, um, just get ready to use him sooner or later because it's going to happen. You got Chris Hogan, six receptions, 67 yards. James White, as I said before. Um, Julian Edelman, five receptions, 36 yards. He also reached the end zone. And then quiet games for Philip Dorsett. Um, yeah, so pretty decent games by them. They, again, they were just running the offense like they should. Um, Gronk didn't travel with the team for he was injured, so who knows how his outlook would have looked like in this game. Um, let's take a look at the Bears' offense now. Mitch Trubisky having a fantastic game, unfortunately um, finishing in a loss, and we'll talk about how the, the game ended in a second. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 26 completions on 50 attempts. Doesn't sound so great, but um, he definitely used his feet a lot in this game. 333 yards to the air, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, you got Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, rushing the ball six times for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, dude, when he reached the touchdown, when he got to the end zone, he definitely looked like a running back. Um, the way he was juking out players and everything, that was pretty cool. But we'll talk about their troubled backfield. I wouldn't say it was it's troubled, um, but it's definitely awkward at the moment because you kind of got Jordan Howard, who had 12 carries, 39 yards, and a touchdown. But take away that touchdown, his day looks less exciting. You got Tariq Cohen, six carries, 14 yards. Um, this this backfield is all game script. Um, definitely depending on how they're gonna, you know, cue the offense so that they can, you know, misdirect the defense. Um, definitely expect to Cohen to take a bigger role moving forward. So Jordan Howard, um, even though he reaches the end zone, um, not too big of a game from him, and he's kind of been struggling. Um, not sure if it's because they're not getting the ball as much as he should for being a bruising back or just because um, he has been struggling in general. We'll take a look at the receiving here. You got Trey Burton, uh, nine receptions, 126 yards through the air and um, a touchdown so that seems pretty good for people who are looking for tight ends if Trey Burton is on the waiver wire go pick him up again the tight end spot is pretty rough at the moment so going for Trey Burton isn't the worst idea got Tariq Owen getting involved in the passing game eight receptions 69 yards and a touchdown again this guy is going to be more and more involved the more he reaches the end zone um you got Kevin White, two receptions, 64 yards. You got Taylor Gabriel, three receptions, 26 yards. Allen Robinson just kind of disappeared, one reception for four yards. And this game could have ended with Kevin White reaching the end zone um, at the end of the game. Um, they had a chance to tie. Um, the Bears um, had the ball. Mitch Trubisky tossed it downfield, landed in Kevin White's hands. Um, unfortunately, he was stopped at the one-yard line, swarmed by Patriots players, didn't reach the end zone, and the game was over. Definitely a close game. Definitely a game I would have loved to see going to overtime. Uh, Mitch Trubisky threw a dime of a throw. Um, not sure if it was just all luck. 50% of it definitely was, but Mr. Trubisky was having a pretty decent game. Add that catch to um, his day and also adding a touchdown. Definitely not the worst game in the world. Um, so we'll move on here to the next top game. Uh, we'll take a look at the Ravens and Saints. This game ended 24 to 23. Saints taking the victory. Um, very a big nail biter to the very end. I thought it was going to go overtime, but we'll go over the ending in just a second. But we'll take a look at the Saints' offensive stat lines. Got Drew Brees, uh, 22 for 30, uh, 212 yards to the air, two touchdowns. Um, take a look at their rushing game was pretty much the highlight for me. Um, 
Uh, you got Alvin Kamara, 17 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty quiet game up till that one touchdown. You got Taysom Hill getting involved in the uh, uh, rushing game. Um, I, the way they're utilizing him is definitely good for the Saints. Um, it's hard to game plan against. Taysom Hill is very athletic. He is, um, you know, he could be placed at any position pretty much the way he's been uh, used. So he had six rushes for 35 yards. Uh, you got Mark Ingram, 12 carries, 32 yards. Pretty quiet game by him. Not much going on there. You got Michael Thomas reaching the end zone, seven receptions, 69 yards. He's just going continue, to continue to have that impact um, in the receiving game. You got Traquan Smith, three receptions, 44 yards. Uh, ben Watson, six receptions, 43 yards. Also reaching the end zone. Um, you can count on at least uh, somewhat of touchdown work each each game the Saints play, whether it's going to be Ben Watson or their other tight end. I can't really remember his name right now. You got Dan Arnold, two receptions, 35 yards. Alvin Kamara, two receptions, 11 yards. Mike Ingram, two receptions, 10 yards. Um, their, their running back game is pretty tough to, to you know, decide right now. Um, before Mark Ingram was back, Alvin Kamara was that for sure number one guy. You could see the amount of work he would have had if Mark Ingram wasn't there. But, again, these t- these guys placed top 15 um, in, in running backs last year. Um, with them both there. So their usage is going to go up. It's going to be split even-even. If anything, Alvin Kamara is going to get the littlest bit of more work. And then Mark Ingram may or may not have that um, touchdown work like he got uh, a couple weeks ago when he first came back. So you, you'll look to see that type of usage from him moving forward. But let's take a look at the Ravens offense. Now you got Joe Flacco, 23 for 39. 279 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Um, Alex Collins, 11 carries, 38 yards. Um, I feel like this backfield is kind of split, too, between Alex Collins and uh, Buck Allen. He had three three carries, three yards. He'll get more involved in the passing game, but he's also getting involved in the rushing game. He got Sneed, one reception, 13 yards. Um, and the key takeaway... Uh, will be uh, the receiving. Uh, John Brown kind of putting in that work like he usually does. Seven receptions, 134 yards to the air, one touchdown. He's kind of that deep threat. Not sure if he's their number one at the moment. We'll see what Michael Crabtree does in the future. This team is kind of iffy, especially on their offense. Um, Michael Crabtree, five receptions, 66 yards. You got Willie Sneed, three receptions, 23 yards. Buck Allen, three receptions, 21 yards. This game ended with a missed extra point by no other than Justin Tucker. Um, That's tough to hear. Um, It kind of doesn't sound real. This guy never misses. He's a legend in Baltimore. I definitely saw this team heading into overtime, but unfortunately it did not happen. So it was definitely a big surprise uh, when I got the notification that um, it ended with Justin Tucker missing. So that is very unfortunate. But we'll move on here. Uh, So I'll say we finished uh, this week with the Giants and Falcons. That game just finished. Um, Pretty rough game by the Giants again coming in. Again, they're 1-5 coming into this game, now 1-6. We definitely expected a close game, uh, but it wasn't that close. Um, Even though the score says otherwise, it was ended at 23-20. Falcons taking the victory here. Giants offense again continues its struggles and all sides point to Eli Manning. Eli Manning went 27 for 38, 399 yards and a touchdown. Doesn't sound too bad of a game, um, but he did struggle uh, stepping up in the pocket. He was sacked many times, even with open receivers. So that just goes to show you that, you know, his his athleticism 
um, has been fading, and that's not much of a surprise to anyone, but it is, and especially with a young offense such as this one, you need a quarterback that can keep up. So put the, put two and two together, and obviously Eli is the situation. they got to upgrade their offensive line a little more, but that's they're not 100% the problem. They did make some moves, so you can't really put blame on the Giants for that, especially in the offseason. It's not like they, they completely ignored it. What they did ignore is their quarterback because uh, that's the guy they were going to go with, and that brought in Saquon Barkley. And speaking of Saquon Barkley, he had 14 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. He struggled throughout this game. Um, Atlanta uh, game plan for him very well. They run stuffed him. I believe they stopped him five times for at least no gain. Um, so for a team that Atlanta that's been struggling with running backs, and they definitely prepared for one of the better run- rookie running backs in the league this game. Let's take a look at the receiving game. You got Sterling Shepard having a pretty good game. Five receptions, 167 yards. Odell. Uh, eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown came in garbage time, but he did have a pretty good game on the receiving end. And there's Saquon Barkley, who's always going to get involved in that passing game regardless. Um, he has nine receptions for 51 yards. Evan Ingram, two receptions, 16 yards. Hopefully he gets back in full stride. Um, he has a lot of talent as a tight end. And, um, again, just a poor game by the Giants. Um, some weird play calling. Um... Some people think that the two the two point conversion that they tried attempting um, towards the later half of the game to get them back, um, you know, in the position where next time they had the ball, they would be able to uh, tie the game. Unfortunately, Odell dropped the ball in the corner of the pylon, and uh, towards again garbage time touchdown. That got them uh, to 20 points. They were far behind before that. Um, and then they uh, they just, you know, I th- yeah, they scored the touchdown with Saquon Barkley. And then they, they converted the two, I believe, with Odell, if I'm not mistaken. Or if I have that mixed up, I apologize. But um, total in total, what I take away from this game is that, you know, Pat Shermer has a lot of faith in this team, but unfortunately, um, they just can't get it together. It's, it's, this year is not their year. If you're already falling to one and six, you're not going to get back in contention anytime soon. The best they can do is eight and eight, and that doesn't look like a possibility at this point. I believe Shermer is the guy. I don't think people should blame Shermer. He's given their team faith. They're giving them the two point conversions, um, even though in garbage time they wouldn't. Since they didn't convert that two point, they wouldn't have been able to tie the game. But at least. Uh, Pat Shermer felt as though that, you know, keep the keep your guys out there. Try to put points on the board. You got to give this team faith. Just because they're behind doesn't mean you give up in the last couple seconds, even if you're going to lose anyway. So there's a lot of upside here, especially for next year. I don't think um, the Giants have enough time to put it together this year. I'm not going to say tank, but I am going to say that you know keep your rookie guys out there. Keep the guys you know out there that are going to perform. Put your best efforts. And uh, hope for the best. Move on to the draft. So that's it for this week's top games. Um, I will see you guys next week for week eight's top games. Um, Take care. Goodbye.